0: My name is Gus Morris. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.
1: Hello, you're listening to the March Madness edition of the Emerald Podcast Network. I am Jack Butler. I'm a sports reporter with the Daily Emerald cover men's basketball team. I am joined by Gus Morris and Sean Meadow who are also sports reporters and cover the men's basketball team. There is a lot to talk about. The brackets are out. The Ducks are three seed in the Midwest. They play Iona in the first round. And, you know, before we get into their chances of making it to the Final Four, talking about a little bit what Iona and what this matchup brings to the table, we're going to quickly go over what happened on Saturday. It was the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon lost by three to Arizona mere you know hours before uh at least we learned that Chris Boucher would be out with the season with a torn ACL he heard it during the Cal game continued playing on it but apparently it was torn and but and he's out for the year so before we get into how deep of a run this Oregon team can go in the in the NCAA tournament what are, what are your thoughts on how Oregon performed in the Pac-12 Championship without Boucher?
0: Well, for me, it was definitely a, uh, a tale of two halves for Oregon. Um, first half, they definitely came out a little uh, stunned. They uh, um, And, I mean, granted, that that's pretty fair. Uh, when you find out that one of your best players from the year uh, and a key piece of what you do is not going to be with you for the rest of the season, um, that's not easy to uh, to swallow and then, and, and then turn around and play in. Arguably the biggest game of the year. Uh, so first half was definitely a little shaky, and Arizona had a six, had a six point lead going into the half, and I thought it could have been a lot more than that. Um, second half too, Arizona started out pretty you know very strong, and it was a uh, it took a while for for Oregon to get on the board, but in the third ish quarter, I guess you know of you know the equivalent of of that game, they really kind of s- stepped up. And they fought back, and they showed that even though without Chris, you know, they're still a very talented team, and gave Arizona, who's a legit Final Four uh, uh, candidate, uh, run for its money. And Oregon only lost by three in that championship game, and
2: they only knew about the Boucher injury that day. That's pretty good to be able to mentally get yourself into that game. And I think they, though Arizona got away for a little, they got back. I think that's going to have to be key when they go into the tournament. They can't do that. Because you can't play catch up, especially when March is so mad. I mean, it's, you, true. You can't do that. But I have heard this said before. Yes. I don't know if Dylan Brooks has, has run it. out of his um his clutch three pointer no. yet, or if that's an infinite thing for him. But well,
0: let's hope for the doc's sake that they don't need to do that. But right.
2: I mean, we don't know, but yeah. Well, we only write about them. We're not on the court. We don't know what's going through their minds. But I think Cavell Bigby-Williams was big in that championship game. He's going to have to be big in the tournament. And that's definitely a key for Oregon. Jordan Bell is going to have to step it up. And it's going to be a lot of the big men, as usual for Oregon, playing big roles. But it's going to have to be from behind the arc, too. People who can drive. It's just interesting how that championship game unfolded. And I think Oregon, for Oregon's sake, they're going to have to really mentally shift yeah. and focus on just the day at hand because I think Boucher was in their minds a little yeah a little much on that game but
1: I, I, I mean the mismatches that Boucher presents to for, for the ducks in their favor uh, obviously it, it's a massive advantage but in that Pac-12 championship game you know you you learn that one of your senior leaders a guys that's one of the arguably one of the best players in the country, you know, maybe the biggest loss for this team, other than losing Brooks, and that's you know, you're probably shocked, and he's an emotional leader out there on the floor. So, so you're adjusting to not only emotionally having to deal with the fact that he's out for the year, but also just the fact that you've been playing with him all year, and, and now that presence is gone. I think where you know he'll be missed is is everybody talks about the shot blocking, but I think he'll, you know, a, a lot of a lot of what he does is he's able to clean up boards on the glass too and Dana Altman has harped on the fact that this team needs to rebound better they have been beaten on the glass multiple times and when Boucher and Bell are out there on the floor at the same time one of them's able to go for the shot block because he knows that the other one might be there to clean up the boards so you know you're not going to have that anymore so rebounding is really going to have to be a team effort guards are going to have to you know, fight for some rebounds over some bigger guys.
0: A few other aspects too. I I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I thought no. you were finished. Hey, go for um, it. A few other aspects too that are gonna be interesting to see, uh, how we're gonna adjust without Boucher on the floor is uh, is how he spreads the floor and how they're gonna uh, and how they're going to utilize or how they're going to try and fill that gap, too. Even just having him stand in the corner, spotting up for threes, it, it keeps defenders honest. You know, it it, it it pulls that, you know, a defender who's on him, probably a bigger guy, out of the lane and has mm-hmm. to keep him honest and keep him close to Chris. Without that, it's going to it's gonna kind of clog up the lane a little bit and make it a, a lot more difficult for Oregon to drive and uh, m- Just give players like Jordan Bell and Cavell Bigby Williams when he gets minutes and Dylan Brooks when he drives. It's going to give him a lot more problems as well. And what I think, too, is going to be interesting to see is what Oregon's lineup and how how their depth is going to be put in play now. Because they've only gone about seven deep, seven, eight deep with Chris and usually... (laughs) Casey Benson coming off the bench. And now it's going to be uh, probably a mixture of, like, Roman Sorkin maybe and, like, Cavell Bigby-Williams. And we saw even Keith Smith come in for a few minutes Mm -hmm. in the Arizona game and the Cal game. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how Dan Alpin plays with this lineup.
1: Yeah, it's, it's this balance of trying to figure out how you can play with this lineup, but also you don't have any room for error because you lose and you're out. So to me... It'll be interesting to see if Roman Sorkin gets any minutes. I don't think he gets any minutes unless Jordan Bell or Cavell Bigby Williams are is in foul trouble. Um, I just think you know by this time you've slimmed your rotation down, but but now you know now that Boucher injury um, really really it does open the door for Bigby Williams and we and, we, and you know if he if he, if he steps up that might be you know uh, that might lead the Ducks almost to you know, to the Final Four or something like that because they do have that capability even without Boucher. So, let's get into the madness March, the NCAA tournament. Um, the Ducks will face in the first round the Mid-American Athletic Conference champ, Iona. I believe they're a champion. 87-85. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Iona. Close one. Yes, Iona, you know, better offensive team than they are defensive team. 69th according to kenpom.com 69th in the country in offensive efficiency 16th in
0: three point percentage almost yes.
1: 40%. They they love those threes. How how big then is Oregon's
2: offense going to have to come up in this because you know points are going to come then. Well,
1: well <laughs> whoa. Uh, whoa. Uh, well, let me let me let me, me add some thoughts on l- this. Let me get to the next number. All right. Iona, 202 in defensive efficiency. So Even if the Ducks aren't playing particularly well on offense, you would think that they'd be able to get to the basket anyways, score a lot of points. And, you know, regardless of how good Iona is, you know, the Ducks are still 19th in offensive efficiency and 22nd in defensive efficiency. What's going to be interesting
0: for me to see is how this team's defense uh, plays without uh, Chris Boucher on the floor. I mean, we only have one game sample at this point in in Arizona, who's a really good offensive team, put up 80 points. So, I mean, that's not exactly crazy, you know, 80 points for a good offensive team like Arizona. But it's going to be interesting for me to see how how other teams start to play Oregon, knowing that now they only have one shot blocker, uh, you know, Jordan Unless you don't
2: count. I mean, you're, you're not counting Cavell Bigby-Williams. I well, think I mean, Cavell we can
0: do it. Well, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of what Cavell brings, and he's not on the same level as Chris Boucher is. And, I mean, even just having Chris Boucher on the floor, just having that presence, it gives some hesitation to defenders, and I don't think Cavell is at that point yet. But, yeah, I just think this this Oregon defense is going to be really interesting and and interesting to see how it evolves and how it defends teams now that teams aren't going to be, I guess, as afraid to drive uh, if Chris was in there.
2: I think you can't underestimate Cavell Bigby-Williams, though, because he does get some minutes here and there, and he's been good when he's on the floor. I don't think we've seen necessarily a bad game for him when he plays for Oregon, and I think that against an Iona team who's not in a big dominant conference necessarily – like Oregon in the Pac-12. So I look at it as Cavell Bigby Williams is this massive guy who's able to do basically, well, essentially the defensive job that Chris Boucher does, maybe not as effectively, but still can do it better than most. So I think that he still has a big impact. I don't think it's that big of a loss defensively losing Boucher as much as people think. I think it is a big loss, but I don't think it is as big
1: as people do say it is. Yeah. Well, we will see. B. Williams unleashed on this tournament. So now that we've jinxed the Ducks and basically say, assuming that they'll win that first round, they're in the Midwest. Kansas is the one seed. Louisville the two seed. You've got Iowa State, Purdue following that up. Let's just get to the big question. How do the Ducks get to the final four? Do you think they will? And from there, can they win it all?
0: Well, to answer your first question, they have to win games. <laughs> they must they win. they must win Yes. uh you know if they were in the west this would be a much different story but because of the boucher injury I'm guessing and because of them losing in the in the championship game, championship game to arizona that pretty much shot their chance of of being able to play and um, on the west coast and stay um you know in a in f- familiar territory and um, instead of playing in uh, San Jose for, you know, their mid-round games, now they're, you know, if they make it that far, now they're going to be in, um, what was it, Kansas City.
1: So yeah, Kansas City. N-
0: not to mention, too, the Midwest bracket is, I, I think, the, the, the most talented all the way through. I mean, you have a Kansas team who's who's been a number one, you know, who's been the number one team in the country this year. They're perennial top five. Um, Michigan State, you know, with Tom Izzo, who's always really good. Miami team that's very talented. Iowa State with Monte Morris, that's a very good and talented team. Um, Purdue who has Caleb Swanigan, who's one of the who's lottery pick this year as a forward. Um, I mean, Creighton is a great offensive team. Rhode Island is hot recently. Michigan is hot. Um, yeah. Louisville's you know a great team. I mean, it's like all yeah. it's it's like up and down everywhere you look. This is a very talented Midwest bracket and. I think if Oregon is going to make it there. They really have to find their identity and really have to play the best basketball that they've played all, all year.
2: It's going to be fun. I mean, you've covered pretty much every base there, Gus, but
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
2: going to be it's going to be fun to watch. I think the Midwest bracket is going to be one of the brackets that, or sections of the bracket that people are going to really enjoy watching, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's uh in Oregon's favor too much because
1: Yeah, it's just it's deep. this team I without Chris Boucher, I still believe that this team has Final Four potential. They, I still do believe they can make it there, and I still do believe they can win it all. But we just don't know, and that's what's hard. Is it's it's all speculation. So let's one final time, let's go around my Final Four. I got Duke and Arizona on the other side. Out of the Midwest, I do have Kansas, and then I got them playing North Carolina. And for my final, I have a Duke-North Carolina final with Duke winning. What about you guys? So out of many brackets I have,
0: <laughs> uh, in my in the bracket <laughs> that I consider, the one that, that I took the seriously, I have Kansas coming out of the Midwest. I have them actually beating Oregon in the Elite Eight, which I think would be a great matchup if they make it there. I also have UNC coming out of the South uh, beating UCLA in the Elite Eight. I think that would be a phenomenal matchup. I'd love to see that. I have Nova... Uh, coming out of the East, beating Duke, Duke he's not making mm. it there, Jack. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so hmm. I just think I just think Nova is just too good all around. I think I mean I think Duke is playing, you know, some of their best basketball, but I just think Nova Nova's just got that something to him. And then in the West, I have Arizona coming out of there, beating West Virginia, who I have upsetting Gonzaga, in the Sweet 16. So in my championship, I have uh, Villanova and UNC, and I have uh, I have the uh, classic pick of North rematch North Carolina taking it so north carolina wins round two north carolina wins round two my final
2: four oregon beats duke in the national championship duke beats arizona oregon beats unc (laughs) because why the heck no homer no because absolutely not i have i have a bold prediction and i think that's my bold prediction because that's what march
1: madness is it's absolutely mad well it will be fun um there are some playing games the next two days but the madness truly begins on thursday with the ducks starting friday morning to hear more from the emerald podcast network you can subscribe on itunes and soundcloud i don't know why you wouldn't and listen to these episodes right on the emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. if you liked what you heard today or just want to reach out to us feel free to leave a comment on the soundcloud stream thank you for listening